Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon. Glad you could join us for this Thursday, October 26th edition of the Eagle Hour. I'm Kelly Sander in the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg, along with producer-engineer Michael Mergens. On the program a little bit later, we'll be talking with Louisiana Monroe basketball coach Keith Richard. That is Keith Richard. No S. Correct. No Keith Richards, but Keith Richard. When I was putting the interview in there, autocorrect kept putting Richards. So he's even famous in autocorrect. Yes. Uh, Not the guitarist for the Rolling Stones, but Keith Richard, the head basketball coach at Louisiana Monroe. Got a chance to talk with him at Media Day last week about uh, his Warhawks and about what they expect from Jay Ladner's basketball team. Also, it's JUCO Thursday, so Mike Frazier will be joining us from JUCO Weekly to set up the big games for this weekend. And of course, we're going to focus primarily on uh, Jones and Pearl River here locally, but some other big games across the state. Mike Frazier will be joining us. And I don't know where Eric Carmen and the Raspberries are when it's all by myself. I can't we can't play all by myself because you're here too, Merg. But uh, Bob is off today. Luke Johnson is on his way to Boone, North Carolina. He'll be checking in with us tomorrow with live reports from the uh, App State Southern Miss game, which is scheduled for Saturday. But joining us in this first segment, a writer for Big Cold Nation, Ben Milam, a contributor to this program occasionally. And Ben, it's good to have you with us. Hang on just a second, though, while I tell everybody about Dickie's Barbecue Pit, the sponsors of this first segment. Dickie's uh, Cooked Here, loved everywhere. Your one call to make if you're uh, catering an event, large or small. You've got Thanksgiving coming up, smoked turkeys, and uh, you've also got uh, Christmas coming up as well. So leave all the cooking to Dickie's proud to support Southern Miss Athletics. So, Ben, as we welcome you, you know, in 40 years, and that's conservative, of me covering sports, I did not, under any circumstances, see this type of Southern Miss football season coming. They won seven games last year without a bona fide quarterback, and one could argue that now that the Eagles had a starting quarterback, it would be onward and upward from there. And I'm asked many times to try to explain what has happened so far and i just can't what do you make of it and how do you answer that question because i'm sure you get it as well i I do and i'm not sure i can either because as you mentioned we talked about it last time the trajectory of the program seemed to be you know up and to the right and you really offensively especially i think is where a lot of the conundrum has come from because as you mentioned, you felt like 
you were one quarterback away, one quality quarterback away, even a, even an average even average quarterback play away from having a really good offense, and you felt like you had the pieces to run the expected Will Hall offense in 2023, and and I think in some ways you do. You just haven't seen the fruit consistently, and, and you had that two game stretch against uh, Texas State and Arkansas State where you know you had two 30 plus point games. But I think the biggest the biggest uh, thorn in your side is just a lack of consistency because again, you've had those quality games. you've had games where your offense has been good, but then the defense has just not been up to snuff, and then the defense has had great games. I would qualify the Tulane game as a quality outing for the defense. The Old Dominion game was probably their best game of the year. And those, of course, as everyone knows, were, were the games where the offense uh, was not you know, up to that standard that the defense was. And, and, of course, you take the last game of Tuesday in Mobile, and neither of them were very good at all. And so it, it's just a matter of consistency. I really still feel like there are – the pieces and the talent personnel-wise to be at least competitive. It's just a matter of piecing it together. Although mathematically possible for the Eagles to still get to bowl eligible, we would all agree at this point that that would be a stretch, uh, considering especially the schedule coming up beginning with App State this weekend. So other than pride, what do you? how do you try to salvage this season, Ben? Yeah, I think in a lot of ways – of course, yeah, I mean, I think you have to be realistic that you're probably not going to play in the postseason. But I think in a lot of ways, you know, from the perspective of both the coaching staff and the fans, I think you're playing for 2024 in a lot of ways. You know, it, it, we have talked about it on the program. You, you guys, without me, have talked about it plenty. In the current landscape of specifically college football, you have to – re-recruit the guys that are currently on your roster and you have to give good reason for guys in the portal to come want to to play with you in order to fill roster gaps which I think you can certainly say there are some gaps in this roster after a one and six start and so I think you're playing to forge some kind of positive momentum something good to hold on to some kind of hope that next year is going to be different to give those guys that you want to keep that are on your roster right now, to give them reason to stick around and to give guys in the portal good reason to come to Hattiesburg because coach Hall talked about it last week. They're, they're going to go hard in the portal. He said 20 to 25 additions in the portal is kind of the range they're looking for. And I think you have to have some kind of positivity in order to draw quality additions, both in the portal and to stick around. But with that many people trying to be acquired through the portal, aren't you kind of aren't you kind of saying some of these guys we brought in maybe aren't what we thought they were? I think so. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, I think that was just sort of a moment of of brutal honesty. Uh, you know. He said it from a lot of different directions. You know, he he talked about the fact that changes needed to be made and were going to be made, and that everything was being evaluated and will be evaluated. Uh, but from I mean, from a player perspective, if you're on the team right now, I would think that gives you a little bit more juice to play for next year, and you know, and want to be still on the roster and to 
to compete and have a chance to to have significant playing time, even if there are a bunch of new guys coming in. And I don't think that uh, that Will Hall is is going anywhere. I think he's going to be the head coach of this yeah. football team next year. Yeah. But with what you just said, with what Will Hall said, would you fill in some blanks there that there are more than likely going to be some staff changes as well in the offseason? Again, we still got five or six games left to go here. So we're not right. trying to put the cart ahead of the horse, but I'm just saying, do you read that into some of the statements? I do. I do. And I, I think, you know, obviously Tuesday, last Tuesday was the low point for the Will Hall tenure. And I think, you know, it was a little bit of, of come to the light moment where they realized and Coach Hall specifically realized that, that something needed to change because, you know, again, the trajectory last year was a lot different than it is right now. The trajectory is in the opposite direction of what you had after that bowl win over Rice. And so something needs to change, whether it's uh, – I, I think there's going to be some level of, of staff change. and I think there's going to be a level of personnel change. I think in a lot of ways it's going to be wholesale. And I, and I think given what we've seen on the field, I think it needs to be. When Early in the year when Will Hall said we're deeper now at all these different positions, we're going to be able to – and I'm paraphrasing here – but we're going to be able to run the type of offense that we've always wanted to run. But when you look in particular the last three games – the offense has not been prolific at all. Uh, anemic would be more, you know, a, a better term to describe. And again, we're not trying to beat up on our guys here, but as the season goes on, you'd like to see things getting better. And as I've said before, I've never coached a game of college football, but it doesn't appear to me, particularly offensively, that the Eagles yeah. are getting better. Well, no, I, I certainly think you can say that. I mean, South Alabama—that's that's a quality defense, and they did some. You know, they had a similar result against Louisiana Monroe, who you play next week, uh, holding them to six points. But yeah, it's just—I think even even when you look at some similar results against similar opponents, I, I think objectively you're not meeting the standard that that you expected, and that Will Hall has had everywhere else he's been. And so I, I don't know exactly what that change is. Um, you know, obviously the most significant change right now is the play calling duties with Sam Gregg and Jordy Joseph. And I think, you know, you mentioned five games left. I think that probably has a lot to do with how the staff reshuffling, if there is reshuffling, uh, is going to play out. You know, say the offense all of a sudden gets a lot better and, and Coach Hall is a lot more comfortable just being the head coach. And, you know, maybe you bump up one of those guys to the full-time play caller. You know, there's a lot of different ways it could unfold. And so, there, you know, there's certainly some things that need to you need to, you need to have evidence of that. But it, it needs to be better. I, I think that is objectively true. Real, real quick, Ben, about five seconds or so on your answer. Would you expect a dramatic change in the way the offense looks this weekend, or at least with play calling? I think it's hard to expect that because those are the, those guys have been in Will Hall's system. It's the same playbook, same personnel. I wouldn't expect a significant change, no. All right. Ben Milam with Big Gold Nation. Thank you for joining us, Ben. Continued success. We'll talk to you again soon. Always enjoy it, guys. Take care. Thank you. Ben Milam again joining us on the other side of the commercial break. We're going to be talking with Keith Richard as we shift gears and talk basketball. He's the head coach of Louisiana Monroe, the head coach of the Warhawks, next on the Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander along with Michael Merkins in the Southern Bancorp Studios in Hattiesburg. Bob is off today. Luke Johnson on his way to Boone, North Carolina. He'll be our live on the on the scene guy tomorrow and Saturday as the Eagles get ready to take on the Mountaineers of Appalachian State. This Saturday, this segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmart in the bright gold building right across from campus at Southern Miss, your one-stop shop for everything Southern Miss. And with Christmas coming up, you just want to spend a couple bucks on a keychain or a pop top or you know bottle opener, something like that, all the way to fire pits and everything else. Anything with a Southern Miss logo on it is there, including all types of clothing for men and women. Last week, Media Day in New Orleans, I had a chance to talk to all of the Sunbelt West Division coaches who will be going up against Jay Ladner's Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Here's what uh, Louisiana Monroe coach Mike Richard had to say. Coach, we get the we get the first shot at you today. And then before <laughs> before you actually get to speak to the to the the regular public, Warhawks and Golden Eagles will go at it twice this year, and the Eagles find themselves in a situation where they're at the they are now the hunted, not the hunties. So first of all, let's talk about your your Warhawks team not going into this season. Well, uh, we've got one returning starter uh, that averaged double figures, Tyreek LeCure, and uh, he was big preseason all-conference second team, so we're happy about that. And uh, and then, you know, from there, uh, a bunch of guys that uh, we're counting on to come in and do well. We've got eight returners uh, this year. Now, not all of them uh, played last year. A couple of them were hurt. A couple of them played a little bit. Others played a lot. Uh, but in the in the day of the transfer portal, to have eight guys in your program coming back, regardless of how they played last year, uh, it's kind of like the old days. It feels good, and <laughs> it's not going to happen very often. I was I was just going to say, you know, Cliff Ellis was was talking about how it's with the onset of the advent of the, the transfer portal and NIL, every team is going to have a lot of turnover every year. Is what he expects. Well, we had eight new guys last year, and. Uh, and now we have eight returners, and I and I'll tell you, it feels good. It feels like I said, it feels like the old days, like you, you know, the guys that didn't play very much last year, they've gotten better. They'll play a little more this year. Uh, you know, two guys that didn't play at all because of injury are back with us. Mm-hmm. So it feels like uh, a return, a lot of returning players. Uh, you know, something that used to happen years ago. So. Uh, as I mentioned, Tyreek's the long returning starter, but uh, I have with me here today Nika Metzka Varish Billy. Let me see, let me hear you say it. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> it, when last names have more vowels than consonants, I'm out. You know. Well, Nika, but, but that but that's not unusual. You know, well, a lot of international flavor no, on a lot no, of the we, team. We've got three of them actually, and uh, and Nika played for us two years ago. He was a good player uh, in the league, averaged double figures in, in some belt conference play. He's one of the guys that got hurt last year and then and played in the first five games and then had knee surgery and he was out for the year. So we really have two returning uh, starters and double-figure uh, scores, proven double-figure scores in the league. And then from there, you know, a host of guys. Obviously, we signed some new guys, four or five guys, and uh, we're looking for some extra scores besides Tyreek and Nika. And uh, uh, I'll tell you, you know, I've been in this league a long time, and, and uh, uh, our team, it doesn't feel bad at all. And uh, really, really – I know when I got a bad team, okay, and, and this is not, and this is not, this is not a bad team at all, and 
And we're in a this year. The league is really up for grabs. Uh, maybe more so than in a long time because it lost so many good players to graduation to the transfer portal. And uh, we have, in my opinion, you know, we have just as good a chance as anybody to have a good year. And uh, I think it's that wide open. You know, we were talking a little bit with Cliff Ellis earlier about the classic battles that he had with M.K. Turk and and your mentor, former coach Mike Mike Vining, was right in there with him. Oh, no question. And uh, you got to play for him. You got to coach for him. So how much of Mike Vining is in your coaching fiber? Well, uh a lot, obviously, because, uh, you know, all those years with him. And, uh, uh, but, you know, I don't, I don't run the same offense and, and, and run the same defense necessarily. But, but to have him, he comes to our practices. As I mentioned, he does the color on our ESPN Plus uh, coverage. And, uh, but really to have him as a sounding board more than anything uh, has been uh, great. You know, and and uh, he's a close friend, and uh, you know sometimes, you know after some tough times, you'll you know I'll ask him, and he'll give me a thought, and and that's usually spot on as you. I mean, he did, you know, he's got 402 wins, he in seven NCAA knows, tournaments. Knows he, a little he, bit. he knows a little bit, you know, of what he's doing. So it's great to have him. But it's not like a parent where he tells you whether you want to hear it or not. He does. He does a great job. He does a great job of of uh, getting his point across without you know, being too uh, uh, bold with it and, and that type thing. And uh, so it, it's, it's a great relationship. Well, I, I have to say, you know, and I'm not saying this to be patronizing, but but the Warhawks and Golden Eagles, I think, are a lot alike in that, that financially they're the, that yeah. all you hear about is that they're at the bottom of the rung. They, right. don't, they don't have any money to do anything. Right. They do the most with with the right. least. And uh, and I salute you guys yeah. for that. You know, it's, it's, it just is what it is. It, it is what it is. You know, I think uh, we're we're last, by the way. Uh, Southern Miss is next to next to last as far as you know, financial and right. and uh, the budgets and that type thing. And and you know, we're in a situation, and and Southern Miss is in the same boat. Uh, I would assume. Uh, well, you do have to uh, try to do more with less, and there's just no way around it. And you kind of have to embrace it a little bit uh, because, you know, it's not like things are going to change tomorrow in terms of uh, the financial resources. And, you know, both our schools, I think we have the uh, lowest uh, student enrollment. I think Southern Miss is next to right. lowest, you know. Right. And, and so some of, so much of that is, is that's involved. And, and those things don't change overnight, you know. And so much like Southern Miss did last year in basketball, we got to find a way to try to, uh, to have a good year and have a good team and and put together some you know good seasons and and it, look it's not easy you know it's not easy in this day and time especially in this league now where uh, it's a big league now 14 teams and the teams that we added in the league all got money and uh, big student enrollments and and on and on and on and so look at the success James Madison's having you know and and uh, uh, they got 30,000 students and. Uh, uh, you know, Old Dominion, and and uh, obviously, uh, you know, Marshall brings a, a different element as well, and so uh, uh, it's difficult. But it, you know, I had a I had a coach was interviewing one time for another sport, and and they asked me, is it doable? And I said, yes, but it's tough now. You need to know it coming in. It's tough, and you can't get uh, discouraged by it. It'll beat you up, and uh, and I think 
a lot of that same thing with Southern Miss. You know, if you let it beat you up, then it will. Yeah, but I, but I like this for, for the fan bases because Monroe and Hattiesburg are very drivable. Oh, beautiful. I mean, yeah. No. Drive up and back the same night. Well, you talk yeah. about the MK Turk and Mike Vining and Lenny Fant days and, and, uh, we played every year. Right. You know, we played every year, sometimes home and home. And we're, right. you know, and weren't in the same league together. And, right. And played for a long, long time. And I remember all those games. And, uh, uh, it's certainly, uh, just right travel distance and, uh, you know, easy to get to. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of times recruit the same players sometimes. And, and so it's, uh, it's a natural and, uh, I'm glad they're in the league. And for these young college kids that have to Google everything, it used to be the Northeast Louisiana Indians. So when I was, when I played there, you know, it was NLU. And, uh, uh, we have our hands we, over our hearts as yeah, we say that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, Coach, we, obviously, we hope we beat your brains out. We say that with a smile. Uh, well, look, Coach Ladner's done a great job. Uh, last year was a tremendous year. I mean, what a turnaround. And and uh, had a really good team now. I mean, really, really good. And, uh, you know, the big kid was a really good player. Yeah. Really, I mean, he, and, and, you know, obviously they got the Crowley kid back. And, yeah. and he had a great year. But they had, they had a lot of guys that had good years, you know, yeah. on that team. And uh, it was probably one of those special years that come along every now and then where everything just hit and fit right. And and uh, what was the four-man's name? Uh, the uh, rebounder. Uh, he'd been there for about three years, Juco kid. Yeah, they all they all, uh, really, they all run together for me, uh, too. Uh, he was a senior last year, uh, had a really good year as well. And he had played on some of the, the tougher tougher years, you right. know. And, and uh, so uh, they were good. There was no question about it. DeAndre Pinkney, maybe. Yeah, here. Pinkney. Yeah, Pinkney. And, uh, uh, you know, it was good for him, you know, kind of hanging in there because I know he almost left at, at, right. at the end of the second year right. there and hung in there. And, and uh, they really had a special year. Well, well, we hope you win every game you play except two. <laughs> except well, two. Fair enough. Well, if we do that, then that, that's a hell of a year. <laughs> no, you're right about that. Coach, thanks so much for All your right, time. No problem. Keith Richard, the head coach of the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks, because they're in that Western Division with Southern Miss, of course, the Eagles will play all the teams in the West on a home-and-home basis. They'll actually open conference play, the Eagles will, at Statesboro, Georgia. Just after Christmas, they'll head to Statesboro to take on uh, Georgia Southern in the opener of uh, the conference. Of course, they won their first game the other night against Delta State in an exhibition. They've got other games coming up with uh, William Carey. Basketball season now officially underway. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's Junior College Football Thursday. Nobody covers it better than JucoWeekly.com. Mike Frazier is the CEO and director of JucoWeekly.com. We'll talk Juco football when the Eagle Hour continues in just a moment. Southern Miss to the top. This segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. It's right across the 4th Street uh, bridge there that goes over Highway 49. You can't miss it. It's right there on the left. 
Tuesday night is service industry nights, and uh, tonight they've got trivia going on and before and after every Southern Miss game, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, whatever. Uh, it's always Southern Miss fans in there, pre, pre-gaming, post-gaming, whatever. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, tell them that we said, hey, this third segment every Thursday, we talk junior college football, and we love it here on the Eagle Hour. And nobody covers it better than, than Mike Frazier and his staff at JucoWeekly.com. You can go on Twitter or any one of the platforms of social media and download their weekly podcast, JucoWeekly.com. The schedules tonight, Pearl River is at home against Southwest. That's a homecoming game for the Wildcats. Northwest travels to Holmes in a rare afternoon contest. That game starts at 3 o'clock this afternoon. East Central travels to Colin. Cahoma is at Northeast. East Mississippi travels to Itawamba. Then a couple of games on Saturday. Uh, Jones always has its homecoming on a Saturday. And the Bobcats will host Delta. And then Hines travels to Gulf Coast for a 3.30 contest on Saturday afternoon as well. Mike Frazier joins us now. Mike, as we welcome you to the program, I can't help but think, and, and I, it pains me to say it, but if Pearl River doesn't get this one tonight against Southwest, they're going to be hard-pressed to beat East Central next week in Decatur. Is that, is that reasonable? Well, yes, that, was, that would be the conventional wisdom. However, uh, I would caution you that uh, that South Division is so unpredictable every year. You know, just when you think somebody is, is going to walk in and just roll somebody, uh, the opposite happens or there's a close game. You know, so, um, uh, I, I, you know, yeah, it, it, it's daunting. It doesn't look good, but certainly uh, no lock. Uh, just been a, obviously a very disappointing year for, for Pearl River Community College. And they just, they just you know, that, that South Division is tough. It's, you know, it's, it's very difficult to sustain uh, in a conference when you're battling Mississippi Gulf Coast, Jones, and, and Colin, you know, year in and year out. These are three established programs, uh, three uh, Hall of Fame coaches or future Hall of Fame coaches, and uh, it is just difficult. You know, Seth busted through last year, but could not get it, you know, could not do it this year. So what are you going to do? I mean, you just got to keep grinding and, and, and hope you can turn it around. And normally you would look at Southwest and East Central with all due respect and go, you know, those, those are ones that you might be able to get. But, but the East Central Warriors are, have gotten better and better as the season has gone on. And that, that'll, that would be tough for anybody to go now to Decatur and win. Yes, Jonathan Webster with great accolades, and he's he's found some magic. Again, he's in the same boat now. He's you know people expected him to win maybe one or two games. They've got a good chance against Colin tonight. They're a three-win program, looking for more. But again, we'll see. Now, can you continue the recruiting, and can you sustain some of the success that you have? It's it's just a cold-hearted league overall. But in particular, Kelly, and you know it better than anybody, that South Division is just unrelenting. Now, you guys at JucoWeekly.com cover all junior college football across the country. What do the outsiders of Mississippi looking in? Who is there a general favorite that they think is the best team in Mississippi right now? Because I maybe Gulf Coast by a nose, but but uh, man, it's it's you can put four or five teams in that argument. You can East Mississippi. Uh, playing good football. They are hot. You know, the great part about East Mississippi, as far as trying to secure one of those four NJCAA playoff spots, is they lost early. So they're a two-loss team. If they win out, 
they would certainly be worthy and would be a strong candidate at getting one of those four playoff spots. The NJCAA playoff system, there's four teams that get in. You can book Hutchinson out of Kansas, and you can book Iowa Western uh, to get in. Those two are going to go. They're, they're undefeated right now. They play each other November 11th. So whoever loses that game will fall to the two line. So you, in essence, have the three and the four. You've got Texas with uh, uh, that's wide open. Mississippi is wide open. And the wild card is the independent snow. Snow is a team uh, that is challenging uh, for one of those four playoff spots. Mississippi, I don't think, is out of the woods yet as far as, you know, they could get bumped this year if they're if. If there's a two-loss team out of Mississippi, which is entirely possible because East Mississippi already has two losses, Gulf Coast and Jones play next week. So, you know, one of those teams won't even get in to the, to the uh, postseason. And, and then, of course, you know, if a team loses here or there, uh, that'll happen. So uh, a lot, lot to go over and don't want to get too far in the weeds. But right. uh, to answer your question, People have a tremendous amount of respect for the Mississippi Jucos uh, are around the country. And Snow, that you mentioned, they're out of Utah. Um, I remember when I was in school at Iowa State, David Archer was our quarterback, and, and we got him from Snow uh, yes. out, in, out in the great state of, of Utah. So let's, let's real quick, Mike, let's talk about the North and the South. Who have kind of set us up right now as to who were in the driver's seats for the two spots in the North and the two spots in the South? Yeah, what's going to happen is East Mississippi takes, they have two games left. They're, they're going to be the number one seed. Uh, they've got Itawamba and Mississippi Delta on the schedule. Uh, they're heavily favored in both of those games. So let's just assume they win. They're going to be the one. If Northeast beats Colhoma, which will happen tonight, then it'll set, and Northwest wins their ball game at Holmes. That, that's kind of a wild card game because Holmes has got one of the top offenses and they're vastly improved. Next week's game will be a showdown. Who gets in uh, out of that North Division? Northeast will play Northwest. Whoever wins will will get in as the two seed. So in all likelihood, you'll have East Mississippi as your one, and then the winner of next week's Northeast-Northwest game get that number two seed out of the North. As far as the South, the inside track remains Colin. Two games left, tonight East Central, and then they play Hines next week. Gulf Coast, of course, uh, Jones. Jones has an out-of-conference game. It's homecoming for them this weekend against Delta. Gulf Coast, a little bit of a tougher road. They've got Hines, a divisional game, and then Jones next week. So uh, a lot will be, uh, be taken care of here in the next eight days. We'll see how, how things shake down. The MACCC, Mike Frazier, decided to delay the beginning of the junior college football season in Mississippi this year by one week. Uh, which normally this this tonight would be the the last game of the year, but now next week is uh, good move in retrospect. Um, do, you, do you like moving it to one week later, the starting of the JUCO season? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I understand why they do it. You know, they 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 can get him into camp a, a week later. It's super hot in the summertime, but again, you run into the factor with tropical storms and hurricanes. Fortunately, Northwest and Mississippi Gulf Coast were able to make up that game um, when uh, that storm came through back uh, at the start of the season. So, and then also just from a statistical standpoint, you know, Mississippi is going to be a week behind in the, in the individual stats on a weekly basis. You know, so uh, for selfish purposes, <laughs> I'd like to see it all kind of rhyme and, and fall in harmony together. But look, they they have their reasons. I certainly respect 
what they do. I mean, they they do a terrific job. Uh, but I I think with with the storms, it's just too risky. I'd go back to the way it used to be. And if you had to give two attaboys to to the teams in the MACCC this year, mine would go to based on expectations, but then on also how they have performed. My two attaboys would both go to teams in the north. They would go to Holmes and Northeast. What say you? Um, me, that's a good question. Attaboys, I would go. I'm going Cole and Glenn Davis. Okay. Uh, Man, he he's one with with talk about resiliency, uh, and he's got the inside track for coach of the year in the conference. Um, I like uh, Colin, and then I'm gonna go um, I'm gonna go East Central. I, I think Jonathan okay. Webster, yeah. uh, what he's done at East Central, uh, even though I knew when he came in he was the hire, he was the perfect fit for that. To see the success so early is is really impressive and and refreshing uh, because uh, he's one of the good guys in the league. And uh, he's won. He's bounced around the league, and, and he's been very uh, instrumental as a coordinator with certain teams in the league. So happy to see him. That'd be my attaboy there. And then, look, Glenn Davis, 20 years at Colin. A lot of guys got banged up this year, and he took out big hitters. I mean, you walk in the room and knock down East Mississippi and then Mississippi Gulf Coast. Man, you are a rock star in my book. Real quick, Mike, before we let you go, we, we always kind of brag in the South that football here is a, is a whole different uh, game than it is, say, up in Kansas and Iowa. Uh, is, is football just football, basically, X's and O's, or are there style differences from what you've seen traversing the country covering junior colleges for JUCOweekly.com? Yeah, there are style differences for sure. Uh, but, look, it all comes back to the same ingredient, guys, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. And that's the secret. You know, I mean, if you can recruit, you're a head coach that can recruit, you got personality, you're going to go far at the Juco level. All right, Mike, and tell us, tell all of our listeners how they can follow you guys at JucoWeekly.com, your podcast included. Sure, we have a podcast, a free podcast. We encourage people to download it uh, at Juco. It's the Juco Weekly Podcast. And then also you can follow us on uh, X, Facebook, and Instagram at JucoWeekly.com. So, so it is called X now. We don't call it Twitter, Merg, anymore. I'm just it's trying to be with the hipsters here. I guess they're called it X now. So, uh, but yeah, I still refer to it as Twitter. Yeah, I, I think X Twitter. There you go. X Twitter is that like X Twitter? X wife? I don't know. <laughs> Mike Fraser, thank you, buddy, for your insight. As always, we're looking forward to a great, uh, great finish down the road, and of course, all eyes on the South next week, and Gulf Gulf Coast and uh, Jones will tangle. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. All right, Mike Fraser with JucoWeekly.com. When we come back, we're going to preview things going on today in the Southernmost family, including trick-or-treat at the Pete. A little bit about a lot of things when we return in a moment. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. D1 and DBAT training sponsors the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Now that uh, we're kind of in the offseason for baseball, even the college teams have kind of shut things down. You want to stay in shape and get ready for the upcoming spring season. They're going to be having some uh, Christmas camps. And don't forget about memberships at D1 and DBAT. If you're going to be uh, using those facilities, that's the cheapest way to go. 
right, is uh, check into their memberships where you have access to the club anytime. D1 and D-Bat of Hattiesburg. All right, tonight, trick-or-treat at the Pete. I think uh, 5 o'clock it starts, and it's a free Free to go to trick-or-treat at the Pete tonight. Parking will be available at Pete Taylor Park's parking lot with the overflow at Reed Green Coliseum. Uh, And if you're driving on 4th Street tonight and are going to be in those areas, please slow down. Uh, you got a lot of the little kids that are going to be in costume. And our own Michael Mergens is going to – you're going to be actually reporting a little bit tonight. (laughs) I'm going to try to take some photos, try to find out what uh, Coach Oz is going to go as and – break that yeah so we're gonna try to get there early so we'll want to follow that on social media as and again bob bob says that even money is on the wizard of oz but it's too obvious that's what i think too time. yeah that's what but i think who knows yeah you're right so we'll see and i hope that uh, your kids will enjoy that should be a great night for that as we mentioned uh, junior college football on the schedule tonight around the state the national football league it's thursday night game will be in orchard park new york where the buffalo bills will be hosting the tampa bay buccaneers if you're a saints fan you certainly want to cheer for the bills because uh at least during the regular season the afc teams don't have anything to do with the saints and anytime a division rival like tampa bay can get a loss put on them that's what you want ncaa football tonight there are three games on the schedule but one of particular interest will take place in statesboro at paulson stadium where the georgia southern eagles will take on the georgia state panthers boy this georgia state team out of uh, the atl and luke johnson texted me about an hour ago said he, he had just driven by the campus in the atl on his way to Conway, South Carolina, or no, to a Boone, North Carolina, rather, for the uh, Appalachian State game. So he got to see uh, Georgia State's home base. But that'll be on uh, television tonight, some fun belt action, Georgia State at Georgia Southern. Other Southern Miss sporting events include volleyball. They are uh, in the ATL or are leaving for the ATL. They will play uh, tomorrow at 5 o'clock and one series on Friday, of course, then they'll play again on Saturday. And this is a this is a series the Lady Eagles can win in volleyball. Georgia State has lost five in a row. They're five and sixteen overall, two and eight in the league. So we're hoping that uh, Jenny Hazelwood and the Lady Eagles can uh, get back on the winning track, even though it is uh, in Atlanta and beat Georgia State. That those games will be available on ESPN Plus. Soccer, the Lady Eagles are at Texas State. That game is tonight at 6 o'clock local time. Texas State is 8-6 and six in the league. Three wins, three losses. Excuse me, 8-6 and six overall. Three, three, and three in the league. Three wins, three losses, three ties. Man, you're talking about spinning your wheels. Meanwhile, the Lady Eagles are 6-8-2 and two overall. They are 3-4-2 and two in Sunbelt play. You can uh, make sure that if you didn't get to see the or hear the show live today, that you can download it in podcast form. Those different uh, avenues include Apple, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And Michael Mergens, I have no idea what I just said. <laughs> I don't all, either. I'm listening on the radio. That, that sounds uh, all sounds pretty uh, foreign to me. Uh, tomorrow on the program, let me tell you what we got going. Uh, Bob Getty and I are going to be at Ramey Motors in Purvis. We're there once a month bringing the uh, the Eagle Hour live. Ramey Motors expanding their campus down there. Man, it, it just keeps getting bigger and better with uh, new services being offered, new products 
for you to take a look at. That's tomorrow. We're going to be at Ramey Motors. And Luke Johnson is going to be checking in with us uh, on his travails in Boudin, North Carolina. He's already compiled a list of all the best eateries and places in town. He's going to kind of be feeling out the crap state, excuse me, Appalachian State crowd as they get ready to uh, play the Eagles this weekend. And you know, Michael, this is not a game that Appalachian State, I mean, you never want to lose a game. Considering, and we love our guys, right? But Appalachian State, this is not one that they want to stub their toe on. But who knows? That could be the one. Well, we hope that, so. We've, we've seen that narrative before where yeah. that's happened. And, and you can't help but think, too, that if the Eagles could just get one. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, look at your Bears. Yeah. A lot of te- they didn't think the Bears maybe would win a game all year. And there was one week this season that they didn't even look like a pro team. No. And they've uh, won two in a row now. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're playing much better football, so anything can happen. But Luke uh, will be joining us live. We'll also have our NFL picks, and we'll check in with Patrick McGee as the New Orleans Saints get ready for a tough NFL battle with the Indianapolis Colts. So a lot to come on Friday before the, the big Saturday game at Appalachian State. Then the Eagles will, will get to come home, and it'll be a kind of a rare next couple of weeks because the Eagles will come home for a 3 o'clock start against Louisiana Monroe. That first Saturday in November. And then that following week is that short week again when they will go to Lafayette to take on the Raging Cajuns. And then after that, there's just two games left in the regular season. Mississippi State, the Saturday before Thanksgiving, that game will be in Starkville. And then the Eagles will finish the season at home. That'll be the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And Troy will be coming to town. And if uh, the season were to be winding down today... Troy could very well be playing for the Western Division Championship in that game. So that's kind of what looks ahead for us here on the Eagle Hour. We're glad that you joined us today. Thanks to uh, Keith Richard, the head coach at Louisiana Monroe, and Mike Frazier along with Ben Milam. For producer-engineer Michael Mergens, I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks for joining us. Until we talk to you tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss to the, to the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.